Hello and welcome. My name is Mark Blatstein, the physician founder of Physician Pre-Sentence Report Service. This YouTube is going to be about guarantees and promises. And that before, no attorney, no consultant, no one can make any guarantees to you regarding what any judge will do before they actually put pen to paper, nor what the Federal Bureau of Prisons will do once you get there. And what caused me to make this YouTube is that I was on a conference call the other day. The attorney, they were great law firms, a couple great law firms, and they did, a, they did a really great job. But there was one concern I had, and I'm going to address that today. And I addressed the same concern with two of the attorneys, and there were four attorneys. And this is the, this is the concern that I had, and that is, is that the client potentially had sentencing guideline of just a lot of years to be put in prison. And they got the prosecutor to agree to a sentence that would, would have departed below the guideline range. And all of a sudden, everybody was very relaxed, including, and the client was on the call. And I got nervous because... You know, it's not over till the fat lady sings, so to speak. And so what I'm going to share with you now is what I shared with them. So this is my website. You can always get in touch with me, Physician Pre-Sentence Report Service. Phone's around there someplace. But I'm going to come down here to the part that is important. And here it says, judges have been interviewed because they want to hear from you. The, the personal narrative, in other words, if in fact the attorneys and the prosecutor, everybody has an agreement, still. This is before the pre-sentence interview has been done. And it's no time for the defendant to relax. It's, it's just not because there are too many balls in the air. <clears throat> and so this is, a, I'm going to open this up in a moment. This is a great article, but the judges want to know that you accept responsibility. You have remorse for your actions. They want to know that you're, they're not going to see you back in their courtroom. I learned that the hard way. I mean, I had a felony in 2006. Um, I was grateful in 2010 to get my medical license back to practice again, but the, the judge did say he didn't want to see me back in his courtroom. I didn't know that meant that I couldn't appeal the indictment. I also didn't know that appealing the indictment really had no value. <clears throat> and I paid for it when I appealed the indictment, when I you know, made that appeal. You know, if there's ramification, if you're losing a professional license that you have, you know, all this is important. And so I'm going to open this article up and hopefully we'll be able to see it in somewhat detail, but it reviews, it interviews Alan S. Ellis is an attorney and he interviewed, you know, a dozen or so judges to get their opinion. And so don't believe me, which is what I shared with the attorneys. And I'm going to share it with you, what the attorney, what the judges want to know. In other words, if the defendant, or if you are lax in putting together all this information, which starts with your personal narrative before you get to the pre-sentence interview, then you're going to be lost. So here's the article. It was 2019. This is in 2017. It was a magazine article in the federal lawyer. But here we go. And so for most judges, there were key questions they wanted answered. You know, they want to know if you, you know, what have you done to demonstrate that you have remorse? Did you, did you, <clears throat> did you accept responsibility? Was this out of character? Why was, why should they cut you a break? Here is allocution managers, Judge Levy in Maine. What's important is whether they're persuaded that the defendant is sincere and that that 
you demonstrate insight about what you did. Mark Bennett, which who I have, he's being interviewed and I have a YouTube of him interviewed on the website in Iowa, strongly believes in the elocution. And he likes to speak with, you know, the defendant. He has a conversation. There's a judge here, Marsha Kreger in Colorado, that says that she's seen allocutions where the defendant has shown that he is sincere, thoughtful about what he is saying. It's important that the lawyer prepare his client for the allocution. In other words, if you're preparing for the allocution, the preparing steps is to write your personal narrative, if you will, before the pre-sentence interview so that it is incorporated into the pre-sentence report. We have... <clears throat> There's a judge, Jerome Samandel, defendant needs to step up and take responsibility. They take it to heart. Allocutions can make or break what the, what the person, what the judge is going to do. They may have an idea when they go to the bench what the sentence is going to impose, but they'll listen to the allocution. This is, you know, the conversation between the defendant, which is you, and the judge. Judge Lawrence O'Neill in Eastern District of California, there has to be some acknowledgement of what happens. It's a huge mistake not to take the opportunity to allocate. So where are you going to begin to, you know, kind of get the insight of what you're going to say? It starts with drafting your own personal narrative. It's a very big thing. And you can find this article on my website. There's a judge, Brendar here. There's another, you know, you know, it's a judge here. It says, if you see the pre-sentence report saying the defendant, this is what gets, these are pet peeves of other judges. This is Judge John Adams. If they see a pre-sentence report where the defendant is spending a lot of money on luxuries, you know, it doesn't look good. If you're driving around in a $900 a month car and you're not paying restitution, it doesn't look good. And so it's very important that you're paying attention, if you will, to the details. <clears throat> and this starts with taking the time to draft your narrative. Now, why do I say drafting a narrative is important? And it, all of this is part of the allocution with the judge or the conversation. So I'm going to go over here. And this is a pre-sentence interview. And, you know, you if you want to go to trial, you may want, you may think, well, you're going to go to trial and thinking to go to trial is okay. But just thinking that you may be innocent is not enough because only 0.4% may be acquitted. It's not high odds. So you need to be prepared. And it's the, probably the biggest meeting of your life. And so while I go through steps one through five here, as far as preparing for this pre-sentence interview, I'm going to jump here to the probation report. And the probation report, my hope is that you have taken the time to, one, the probation officer is going to give your attorney a list of things that make up your biographical background and personal identification, and they need copies of everything, which includes medical, financial history, everything. And you have copies of all that. In addition, you're going to provide a personal narrative, which is your history or your story of your background which explains what, you know, your childhood history, what brought you to this point in your life that would cause you to break the law. Judges know the crimes don't happen in a vacuum. They want to know why. They want to know why you're not going to, they're not going to see you again in the courtroom, which is that article I just reviewed with you. And for the purposes of the, converse, the, the conversation that I was involved with the other day, just because the legal teams had the okay with the prosecutor that they were going to get a very good sentence departure beneath the guidelines, if you will, from, from the prosecutor, everybody was going to be in agreement. The judge could have, listen, everybody has a bad day. And if the judge got out of bed on the wrong side of the bed and had a bad day that day, that morning, <clears throat> he may just may not agree to, to those, to that, to that agreement of a sentence reduction. 
And so here we have, this is basically all the information that the judges required for you to make copies of everything. Plus you're going to provide them the personal narrative. They're then, then going to fill in a probation report. And we're going to open that up here if they can get that done. And they're going to fill this in. And from this probation report, then they're going to draft the official pre-sentence report. So this stuff at the top is your personal identification information, biographical information, et cetera, your background characteristics. This is going to consist of places you've lived. All this stuff, biographical background now, but it'll be used. Everything that you give them should allow them to fill out this information right here. But you're providing it to the probation officer one to two weeks before your pre-sentence interview. Why? So that they, first of all, the probation officer will appreciate it because they are busy. They have no time. So that they're, when they have a moment, they're able to fill this in. So by the time all of you meet for the actual interview, this will be filled in and they will be able to casually get to speak with you personally, get to know who you are. And they will appreciate the fact that you came to this meeting prepared and maybe will have a more positive viewpoint of who you are now and possibly pass on a recommendation for a lesser sentence, maybe a placement request. Possibly, we don't know, but it's a lot better than going into the pre-sentence interview and being rushed through this entire process. So you'd be able to give them, you know, all this information that will, they will have available to them ahead of time. And you'll be able to, at the same time, you will have listed from childhood, you grew up and what, what your life was like. You had brothers, sisters, your parents, were your parents working? Were they not working? If it was a drug case, were your parents in and out of prison all the time or no? Were you from a, you know, from a privileged home where only your father worked and your mother was a stay-at-home mom? You know, all of that gets put into here. You know, what, what was the family life like at home? But as you can see, where you're putting in the relationship between you and your siblings and your parents, these are the spots. And then they're going to be able to fill out this form with all of the information now that you will have provided. And so, you know, were there health problems? Were your parents in and out of prison or were your, you know, were, you, were both of your parents hardworking when you went to school in elementary school? Was there enough food for you to eat or did you have to rely on food, you know, from the elementary school and high school to eat there? <clears throat> How did, who did you spend? If it was a divorced household, who did you spend most of your time with? All of that goes into straight through. Did you go to college? <clears throat> High school? Did you go through and finish with your GED? All were you able? Did you work while you were in school, or did you go straight through? Was it simple for you? Good grades, not good grades. <clears throat> As you grew up, did you were you married? Domestic partner? Uh, domestic partner? Did you have a divorce? How many marriages did you have? <clears throat> did you have children? Did you not have children? Who was in charge of making decisions? Uh, was it a comfortable marriage still, or was it a domestic partner? Are you still to, are you still together? Were you working? Was your partner working? What did you do? What kind of work did they do? Was anyone arrested before this? Was your first this your first time? Were your parents ever arrested? Siblings? All of that information is in your personal narrative, much more organized than I'm explaining to you. But I want to get you the I give you the idea that everything needs to be complete, and a narrative is going to take you a long time to write. Your narrative is your autobiography or your brand. For example, Tesla's brand is SpaceX. Nike's is just do it. This is right now your brand is just your indictment and you need to change your indictment to a degree if you can. Is there a history of substance abuse? You know, we're using drugs. Were your, was your parent, did they use drugs? Siblings use drugs or no drugs, alcohol, what have you. <clears throat> do you know who you may want to live with or are you still, you know, will you be living with that same person when you're released from prison? Children's names, <clears throat> um, their, their parent, age of your parent. Are they in custody? Are they custody of your spouse or other person? Again, is there any spousal support? Are they in 
legal custody? Do you have visitation rights? Is there stepchildren? All of this you're weaving into your history as you've grown up from a child into what brought you to the your point this point in your life where you broke the law. So it is your autobiography history. What impact has your behavior or this event had on others in your life? If you have children, what has it, how has it affected them? Your significant other, your spouse, your wife, your girlfriend, your parents. What are your, what are your future plans regarding family? Physical description, birth mics. I'm sure you know all of this. Here you're going to go into, went too fast, physical health. You want to list all of your medical conditions, hospitalizations, everything. Everything you have, anything medical has to be listed. You need to get copies from each of your doctors, copies of all of your records, all of your hospitalizations, all of your pathology reports, if you've had surgeries, all your blood tests, all prescriptions. If you need further explanations on that, please look to my website or give me a call. All prescriptions for all medications, all allergies for any kind of food, a list of all doctors' names and their, their contact name, address, phone number, website, and for what they are treating you for. Have you had counseling for any sort of medical? It's just, again, it's a complete history, medical history and mental health history. If you've had any sort of mental or emotional problems, again, I'm showing you this probation report that they will fill in because I want to impress that the narrative has to be comprehensive, which you want nothing to be left out. Because once you get into... Once you're once you surrender or are remanded to prison, you need this record as a baseline for yourself. If you've participated in any sort of counseling before, you want to have that, you know, listed the dates. If you've learned anything from your counseling or treatment, if in fact any sort of um legal or illegal drug uh, or gambling contributed to your offense, in other words, alcohol, drugs, legal or illegal gambling. And on your own, before your indictment or before your pre-sentence interview, when you started some sort of Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, or some sort of um, psychiatric therapy on your own, then you want to include that. And then you also want to include documentation from whatever uh, service or physician or whatever records that you can get to verify that you're either ongoing or that you've completed. If you had any sort of history of substance or alcohol abuse, you want to put that in here. And if you were in a program, again, I already covered this, were you clinically discharged or were you under the influence? You want to have all this listed in here. Highest grade level completed. I don't care if you're a physicist or an attorney or a doctor. You want to have copies of your diplomas because if you don't have verification, they're going to make you get the GED. All right. So if you get specific gifted schools or programs, all of that should be down here. The caveat is, is that if in fact you had excellent um, extra Certificates and computer type skills. Well, I would maybe leave that out. Whatever hobbies, hobbies you had. Identifying professional licenses. Here's where you can put in that if you had a professional license like I did and I had to give my license up, if it's the only, you know, this was your skill, this is going to be a hardship. You want to go ahead and put that in here and identify it as such. What are your future educational goals? If you're in the military, branch of service, highest rank, et cetera, you want to have all this in here so that you're able to provide this information to the probation officer, they can fill it in employment. If you work for yourself or myself, I worked for myself since I opened my practice in 1985, you know, then I was able to put that in here. You want to have name address employer. So they're going to go ahead and check and having good employer uh, references, judges like to see. And if in fact you have a good, they have an employer who is willing to say that they are willing to rehire you after you are released from prison, 
that's a great letter for you to keep, but they need to say that they know you have a problem, a legal issue, and they're still willing to rehire you. And, it, it, you know, what's the perfect job? There's, you know, many different topics in here you can go through, accept responsibility, how you feel about committing the offense. These are, you know, all topics that you need to begin to think about because there are different aspects of accepting responsibility, but this helps you put your thoughts on paper as you go to begin to write your narrative and allocution. Criminal history, hopefully there's not a lot here, but if there is, you need to fill this in and there's no reason, there, it doesn't do any good to hide it. If you have detainers, you need to make sure that your detainers are taken care of ahead of time. If there's anything else here that you need to, that applies to you, you need to go ahead and fill this in. If there are future plans re regarding family and relationships, what there's in, what are the future plans for employment, future plans for treatment, et cetera, education. So I cover all this with the hope that you understand that that is, or I'm trying to make, give you an understanding that that's the reason for the personal narrative. There's much more that is covered here on the website regarding what goes into the pre-sentence report and or the pre-sentence interview for the pre-sentence report. But the main reason for this is that no one can guarantee you, to summarize where I started, there's no guarantees or promises that even though, and I'm, I'm sure you have a great attorney, great legal team, and they've worked out in a good agreement, honest agreement with the prosecutor, that there will be a sentence recommendation below the guideline. Don't rest on your laurels because the work is just beginning and a large or the majority, a portion of it, all of it before the pre-sentence interview rests on your personal narrative. I hope you found this helpful and stay safe. If you, if you care to engage my services, at least consults are no charge and I would be more than happy to talk, speak with you. Have a safe day.